Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, February 9th. Today on the show, two professional sports teams in the state of Tennessee lose on Monday night, and we welcome Mike Herndon from Broadway Sports Media to give us a master's degree in Titans capology. How are the Titans going to address a lower salary cap and still sign free agents to fill needs on this roster? The 440 is brought to you every single morning by the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Have I told you guys how much I love the Kingston Group? Listen, I'm a nerd. I like planning. I like data. I like information. I like stats. I like yards per play. You guys know me and how much I like all that stuff. Well, when you're building a house or making a huge financial decision like a remodel where you're going to spend a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of effort trying to figure things out, why stress out about it? Let somebody else do the stressing for you. This is where the Kingston Group comes in with their process. It's all about alignment. It's about their thoughtful, proven game plan, which is going to be totally fleshed out on the front end. Their design team is in-house like very few firms in Nashville so that there's no miscommunications along the way. And making sure that that process delivers the product that you, the client, have in your mind, your vision for what your home is going to be. It's really not all that complicated. It's called doing good work for people you care about. Check out the website, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. With the Super Bowl behind us, the NFL is officially into the offseason. And for the Titans, that means a lot of math for John Robinson. The salary cap is coming way down this offseason, and it's going to pinch a lot of teams in the NFL. On paper, right now, the Titans don't have much cap space, have nearly half a dozen quality in-house free agents to deal with, and at least one glaring hole to plug at outside linebacker in some way, shape, or form outside of the team. So let's get to some of that math we've been talking about. How can the Titans address their personnel needs with a salary cap that is dropping and very little space left on the books? Well, the situation may not be as dire as it looks on paper. Let's bring in Mike Herndon from Broadway Sports Media and host of the Football and Other F-Words podcast, to prioritize in-house free agent targets and explain how the Titans can free up more than enough cap space to address their needs this offseason. The one thing that I think everybody always kind of jumps to first is cutting players. You know, there's Malcolm Butler, there's uh, Adam Humphreys, there's Kenny Vaccaro, who are all kind of cut candidates if they wanted to to shave a few million here or there. But, you know, that obviously creates an, an additional hole in the roster. The bigger numbers really are available through restructures. So this is a, a mechanism in the cap that, that teams like the Eagles and Saints have used for years and years and years to kind of kick the can down the road. And, and in general, it's used by teams that are in a what they consider a Super Bowl window and want to maximize that window while they've got it and know that they're going to have to at some point probably blow things up down the road. Now, this year's a little bit different with the cap going in reverse and declining a little bit. A lot of teams, I think, are going to be doing this and trying to kick cap hits down to 2022, 2023. So what the Titans can do basically is is we'll take Derrick Henry's contract, for example, because it's nice, even round numbers. He's got a $10.5 million salary for the 2021 season. That salary plus his signing bonus makes up his his cap hit three million dollars per year is his cap charge for his signing bonus you can't do anything about that that's money spent it's locked in done but his salary can be adjusted and converted into a roster bonus so that number's about a million dollars for derrick henry 
if they wanted to take his salary all the way down to a million dollars and turn the rest of it into a roster bonus, they can take that roster bonus money and spread it over the final three years of his deal. So basically your cap charge for Derrick Henry would go from $13.5 million total to about $7.1 million total. So you're getting about $6 million right off the top. And that's a deal that Henry's going to be willing to make because it puts cash in his pocket right away. He's not waiting on game checks. He's getting $10 million in a check right now it's a deal that's a win for him it's a deal that's a win for the team the only downside really is that his cap charge in 2022 2023 goes up but you expect the cap to go up with it so it it creates some wiggle room so they can do that with a few different pieces yeah and and they've got a lot of low-hanging fruit basically as far as restructures go ryan Tannehill's contract taylor lawan's contract Roger Saffold's contract, all of those are really good deals with very little guaranteed money left on them that it's going to be easy for them to approach those guys and say, look, we want to restructure. We're not taking any money away from you. We're just converting it so that we can go out and get better players and maximize their championship hopes for for 2021. In just doing restructures alone, they could get about $47 million in cap space. They don't even need that much, realistically. They can free up as much as they need, basically, is, is the moral of the story. So how do you prioritize the in-house names? I suppose that's Clowney, King, Daquan Jones, Johnu Smith, Corey Davis, Jayon Brown. I think Corey Davis is the best player out of that group. I think he's also probably the least likely to come back because he's going to get a lot of money in, in free agency. I think he's coming off of his best season. He's put up pretty good numbers considering the passing volume of this offense that he's played in. And I think, frankly, Corey Davis is going to want to go be a number one receiver for somebody. And he's never going to be the guy here in Tennessee because of A.J. Brown. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. I think he's probably gone. The next guy for me is Jonu Smith. I know he didn't put up huge numbers. I think he's extremely valuable for what they do. He's become a very good blocker. He's very dynamic after the catch. If you're not going to get Corey Davis back, I don't think you can lose both Corey Davis and Jonu Smith off of this offense. So to me, he becomes kind of the biggest priority, assuming Davis gets more money. You then got Jayon Brown. I think to me, it's Clowney's gone, even though he's the cheapest piece potentially. Yeah. It's it's then a decision between maybe what Desmond King and Daquan Jones, and you definitely bring back Jayon Brown. I mean, is that how you would, would see it? Yeah, I would go probably Jonu, Jayon, and then Daquan Jones, and then Desmond King. King is interesting because there's a lot of moving pieces at the Titans cornerback spot. Malcolm Butler obviously being one. They could even do something with a Dory Jackson, depending on how worried they are about whatever injury issues he had or dealt with this past year. But realistically, I think you're going to probably have either King or Butler back, not both. To me, I think Butler's the better player, but contract-wise, age-wise, King may be in a better situation for them. So I, I don't know. That's that's a tough call to me. A lot of really good stuff there from Mike Herndon, Broadway Sports Media and Football and Other F-Words podcast. A few quick observations. Deferring money down the road generally leads to teams having to blow things up. Well, there are a lot of big deals, namely Ryan Tannehill, coming off the books for this Titans team in three years. So that isn't as big of a concern as maybe it would look for other teams. So this means that the Titans should be able to free up enough cap space to bring back some of those key pieces and maybe even go after someone on the open market. Mike and I are also aligned on how we evaluate the Titans' in-house free agents. Assuming Corey Davis hits the market, Jonu Smith and Jayon Brown are probably the top priorities. I'm not messing with Clowney and would love to bring back either Daquan Jones or Desmond King. If you cut Malcolm Butler, then you have to bring back Desmond King. 
Jones isn't overly dynamic and is 30 years old, but he does his job very well. I think expecting three of those big six in-house free agents to come back is actually very feasible if I'm a Titans fan. The Nashville Predators lost 4-1 to to the Lightning at home on Monday night with a pair of empty netters. Tampa was once again the far superior side, and the Preds were once again largely irrelevant in the first two periods of the game. And then, once again, they morphed into a fairly entertaining hockey team to watch in the third period. You can stop me at any point to tell me that you've heard all of this. Nashville is 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games, and all three wins came in overtime. But the real news on Monday was head coach John Hines announcing that his top-line center, Ryan Johansson, had been placed on IR and is week-to-week with an upper body injury. He missed the last half hour or so of the overtime thriller against Florida last Thursday and did not play the next night in the loss to the Panthers on Friday. Since Johansson is clearly going to miss more than just a couple of games, this is unfortunately actually a chance for David Poyle, John Hines, and the fans to see what this team looks like without 92 in the lineup. He's one of the most durable players in the game, so this isn't very familiar territory. But Johansson has come under heavy scrutiny lately for his lack of production, which of course comes with the territory when you are the highest paid forward on the team at the game's premier position. I suppose if you're looking for a silver lining, I guess it's that we get to find out what this team would look like without Ryan Johansson in the lineup. I assume UC Saros will be in net on Tuesday night in the second half of the back-to-back with Tampa. Pecorine, once again, wasn't really the problem on Monday night. Uh, The game starts at 7. As far as reverse retros go... I did not love them when they were released a few months ago. I liked them a little bit better once I saw them on the ice, and they had sort of a Michigan college hockey Bucci main vibe. But the silver still throws me off. I'd like to see it be white instead of silver, you know, like in the Winter Classic sweaters, but that's just one guy's opinion. Out West in Memphis, John Morant, Dylan Brooks, and Jonas Valachunas played together for the first time in three weeks. And all three played fairly well, but it wasn't good enough in the 128-113 loss at home on Monday night to Toronto. But not for lack of trying from the big fella, Valanciunas grabbed 20 rebounds and scored 27 points in his first game since mid-January, while Brooks added 22 points and Morant finished with 18 points and 9 assists. The Grizz are back at home against Charlotte on Wednesday night before stepping into the Staples Center to face LeBron and the Lakers on Friday evening. The 440 is constructed every single morning by the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned, award-winning, I might add, custom home and remodeling firm. And I could sell you on their process, I could sell you on their thoughtfulness, I could sell you on how detail-oriented they are, their in-house design team and excellent communication style. I I could sell you on all that stuff, but really, here's the deal. You listen to this show because you trust me, and I would never sell you on a product. I would never put anybody on this platform that didn't care about their clients the way we care about you, the audience. That's what this whole thing is about. It's about people doing good work for each other. It's about a community. And the Kingston Group is Nashville. It is locally owned, and they've been doing this for over a decade in a way that has built trust with their clients. It is a partnership between you and the Kingston Group to try to find the best way to deliver you the home you've always envisioned for your family. Just go check out their work. You decide for yourself. BuildKG.com is the website. BuildKG.com. 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.